Hello and welcome to another edition of Jackman Radio. I am your host, Mike Jackman, and I'm very excited to welcome our friend, Robbie Martin, who is uh, the host of Media Roots and the uh, director, producer, and writer and creator of the fantastic expose uh, and documentary on the neocons called The Very Heavy Agenda. He's done some amazing work on the whole anthrax attacks from 2001, um, the Iraq war, and more recently, he has a, a fantastic two-part series about the whole Q phenomena. So we're going to get right into it. How you doing today, Robbie? I'm doing great. Good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I've, uh, I've, been, I've been followers of you guys for a long time. And uh, yeah, it was great. Um, it was great having one of the Jackman brothers on for my Phantasm Halloween special episode. We're going to figure yeah. out a way to bring both you guys on. Um, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a blast, man. I had so much fun doing I actually re-listened to that recently, and I had a blast doing that. And, yeah, uh, I did too. I, fo- I found myself uh, drifting off to your Phantasm episode that you guys did, and then I, I re-listened to um, part one of your Q1, and then I actually listened to the Israeli uh, Ecstasy Ring expose you did. Nice. Which, like, dude, fucking hats off to you, dude. You must have spent – how much time did you spend researching that, man? You had to have spent fucking – I don't know, hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, that one was a weird one because I, I started the research on it like in 2015 maybe. So it, it was sort of like a, a project I kept switching on and off in the background. So it, was, it took me actually many years to complete. I did it piecemeal, you know, a little burst. So that interview that's in there, that was actually what got me interested in the whole subject because I was like, oh, this guy is like someone from like the drug scene, which is someone – someone's already familiar with like long before getting into conspiracies was this guy who ran dancesafe.org, which was like one of the most reputable organizations for like ecstasy advocacy and safety. I mean, specifically like how to use it safely. Right. Um, so that was really fascinating to me. I was like, wow, th- this guy, the top of this whole sort of like, you know, ecstasy advocacy safety group, like encountered these Israeli art students. That's, that's all the proof I need that this is like a really crazy real thing. Um, so, Right. <laughs> right. And that, and, and there is uh, some separation or maybe crossover between the ring uh, that were arrested leading up to nine 11 and then all the Israelis that shipped out after nine 11. And then of course the infamous dancing Israeli cell of urban moving systems and Dominic Suter and all those goofballs, which we could, you know, talk about tonight or another time. But uh, yeah, those are, um, those are some hard hitting stuff. So yeah, people, if you haven't checked, check out, check out Robbie Martin's uh, research on that. And um, it's uh it's a good listen. Yeah, you know, to, to tell you the truth, I didn't fully explore the whole urban moving systems aspect of it. I know other people have really gone deep into that. Um, but, you know, as you know, it's like a, it's almost like a third rail subject within a third rail, kind of. So it's right. like the approach it, anything having to do with Israel and that whole thing is very, very delicate. So that's kind of why I t- actually part of why it took so long to put that podcast out because I was like, you know, I could make this all about 9-11, but I just don't know enough. And, you know, to, I, so I, you know, there's other things I've pr- will probably look into in that, in that regard in the future. But I feel like in a very heavy agenda, I pulled out some pieces that sort of plug into that matrix a little bit. So there's different, you know, p- p- pieces already there that I might put together in another form in the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Whitney Webb from Mint Press News has done incredible work about uh, urban moving systems and digging into the Mossad links to 9-11. Um, the, these guys were trailing some of the hijackers and in one instance helped one of them move. They were down in Hollywood, Florida. So it's a whole big... Um, you know, strain you can pull in the 9-11 narrative. And um, my brother and I actually have a lot of family who were from New York City and some of them were, F were former FDNY, a couple of them who were there on 9-11. And we were talking to a couple of our cousins the other night and I, you know, they wanted to know what we knew about 9-11. And I said, well, for starters, you know, take, take a look at uh, urban moving systems and these guys and uh, the, the, look at what Whitney Webb has dug up about them and start there because it's going to paint a whole different picture of what we know about 9-11 and how we understand that event. Yeah, man. I mean, I just been, I was having a discussion with someone yesterday, just like how many different currents and shifts happen within the 9-11 truth community and how, how just, yeah, actually just even putting together a timeline of all those different trends and little inner, you know, micro movements within the movement would be really fascinating, I think, study to do. Because it's like, people just don't, it's, I've realized after doing this Q&A episode that people you know, of course, mainstream journalists are guilty of this, but most people I don't think have a grasp on, you know, exactly where Alex Jones came from, like where, how he plugged into the 9-11 movement kind of as a grifter in that movement, like it wasn't his movement. And, you know, how even the Ron Paul movement was sort of associated with him and 9-11. I don't think a lot of people understand how all that fits together. And you guys, you understand all that. So like, I feel really comfortable talking to, you know, both you guys about all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. No, they're, they definitely uh, intersected. And um, yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about Alex Jones uh, on the beginning of the phantasm episode on media roots last uh, October. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the world that he came from down there in Texas and a lot of the end times uh, broadcasts he was doing. And, and now it just seems like all these years later, he's, he's, uh, he's hit his stride with it, you know, and, and he, and he's built up that audience and, and, a lot of Americans are, for whatever reason, hungry for it. And that really kind of leapfrogs into the whole Q thing because it's, I was talking to one of my buddies today um, and I said, yeah, we're doing an episode with uh, Robbie Martin, this great researcher on Q. And he's like, man, I don't really know the, what the whole Q thing is or what it's even all about or, or I haven't really looked into it. So, so Robbie, what would you tell people who are maybe not as familiar with what the whole Q deal is, um, you know, is all about in your, in your view? Well, so I just don't sound like a broken record. I'll start by saying the purpose. Well, I'll let's see. Give me one second. I'm, I'm just trying to finish all these thoughts. Okay. So I would say QAnon, what's di what makes it different from other conspiracy theory movements from the past is that QAnon actually believes that the president of the United States is the hero, the white hat, sort of the good guy in the conspiracy. And that's one thing that makes it vastly different from previous conspiracies because most conspiracy theories, except for maybe the JFK assassination conspiracies, you know, do not paint the U.S. current sitting U.S. government administration as heroic. Um, so that's just one thing that makes it vastly different. But in general, breaking down what the QAnon conspiracy is, it is an extension of Pizzagate. It appeared online about a year after the 2016 election. And essentially what it does is it is saying that Donald Trump is in some kind of shadow war secret battle that's happening behind the scenes, not only to fight the deep state, because that's part of it, but also to fight a secret network of elite 
globalist pedophiles who practice Satanism and also cannibalize children by eating, you know, their brain and getting high off their adrenochrome in their brain. And that most of these people are Trump's opponents. So what you'll find in the QAnon conspiracy is that almost no one who Trump likes is painted as an enemy or one of these pedophiles in the larger QAnon narrative. And this wouldn't exist at all if it wasn't for the momentum and the energy that was created with Pizzagate, which one could argue was sort of the October surprise of the 2016 election. It wasn't necessarily even the leaks. It was what the leaks turned into, which was the Pizzagate narrative that took everything so over the top that my theory partially is that people were so excited, so revved up, so energized by this information that Hillary Clinton and all these Democrats were running a secret child sex trafficking ring that they didn't know where to go with that energy even after Trump won. You know, you would think maybe it would be enough. Okay, Trump won, whatever, you know, let's forget about this conspiracy. But I think it, what it turned into was people were like, Trump won, now he's going to have to take down this, this pedophile network. He's going to arrest Hillary now, like obviously. So QAnon sort of operates as a way to keep people's hopes alive that somehow in some way Trump at the end of all this uh, which is going to be the storm, QAnon supporters call it, that Hillary Clinton, Podesta, Anthony Weiner, everybody that's associated with you know, high-level Obama administration is going to go down in some kind of deep state. You know, Trump's going to take down these people by arresting them or indicting them. And even some QAnon supporters believe that many of these people are already secretly arrested wearing ankle bracelets and that some of them are actually in Gitmo. And it's extended beyond politicians now to the point where it's now just like any you know pick a random top you know a multi-millionaire celebrity out of a hat chances are the QAnon conspiracy in some way has already accused that person of being a pedophile unless they happen to be a trump supporter <laughs> so ellen <laughs> tom hanks any celebrity that's like a generic lib you know <laughs> democrat is now in danger of being labeled as an enemy by a QAnon. i mean that's how that's how widespread it's become and it's just kind of a lot of it's taken on a life of its own with the tentacles and, and the, the stuff out there about JFK Jr. being alive and, and uh, uh, you know, like you said, uh, you know, secret tribunals and, and these people sent down to Guantanamo Bay. I was reading the other day, there's a, f a faction of Q supporters that think that John McCain was, was sent to Gitmo and that's really how he died, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a new one. I like that one. Did you hear the one about Trump? Um getting access to secret uh, Nikola Tesla. Tesla. That allows <laughs> like a, um, an actual palantir to see into the future, like a, from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's a big one. Cause Trump's uncle was like an MIT professor or something. And he had access to all Tesla's files. And yeah. now Trump has him in ba Baron is a time traveler by way of back to the future in the DeLorean with Melania. Okay. He got in the DeLorean, Robbie, and he came back with Tesla's files and their great, great files, believe me. The first stop that they made was at the 2016 convention when they went back and they got Michelle Obama's speech, okay? And then they brought it back to the future, and Melania gave the speech even better than Michelle, quite frankly. She did, and Michelle Obama's a man, by the way, too, Robbie. Didn't know if you knew that or not. Oh, I've seen the pictures of all the bulges. You know, actually, uh, the, um, what's her face? What's the comedian that died? Jo Joan, oh, Joan Rivers. Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> Non people have actually incorporated Joan Rivers off the cuff TMZ statement. <laughs> Incredible. Where they have there, and I think it's actually they like they've taken that at face value. Like she confirmed it. Confirmed. 
and then she was killed a week later. You know, it couldn't couldn't just be that she had uh, a lot of plastic surgery and she was, I think, in her eighties. You know. But, yeah, she was like, everybody knows we've already had the first gay president with Obama, and we've had the first tranny first lady with Michelle. You know? <laughs> that, was, that was her comment. She's just, like, walking into some building somewhere, and then <laughs> it's like, trust the plan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> funny to though, is um, one of the things I've noticed about all this is, for some reason, Obama doesn't get labeled as being one of these elite pedos very often. And I find that a little bit curious because he's actually one of the only politicians photographed on the James Oliphantus Instagram page. He's the only politician in that Instagram photo spread playing ping pong in Comet Ping Pong. Um, well, I think, I think the ping pong table was actually at the White House um, when Oliphantus visited the White House. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, even yeah. so, I find it a little bit curious. And I've, you know, part of me has wondered how deep this obama clinton family feud has gone and i wondered at times you know is obama just kind of being like yeah you know you kind of did it to yourself kind of thing like i, I kind of wonder sometimes what how obama feels about pizzagate like if he just well like, he's kind of coming home to roost like you you guys ran all these dirty tricks you know david brock used to be like a republican operative before he became a, a clinton guy so he hated the Clintons. Yeah, he used to write all kinds of nasty stuff about them and do oppo research. And then, then of course, you know, he, he went on to do Media Matters and he at one point was dating James Elefantis. And um, I mean, yeah, the thing about, you mentioned the Instagram, like it's, it's you know, you're, you're, you're a family restaurant, okay? You advertise yourself as a family restaurant, all ages, the shows with bands on the weekends. And one of the show, one of the bands is called Sex Stains. And the flyer is, is, it's beyond innuendo and it's an all ages show. So, you know, stuff like that is weird. I think he's creepy, but I, I, it's, it's unfortunate that the whole thing got spun that most people believe that there was a basement in Comet Ping Pong and that there are actually children being trafficked through the basement, which, which was fantasy land. I mean, that was totally fantasy land, but um, you know, luckily some, some dogged researchers did, they were able to get Elephantis's Instagram photos and they're, uh, you know, before he made his uh, account private. Sure. And it's just really cre- like a lot of it's really creepy and appropriate stuff that if you're like a local business owner that, that's advertising a family friendly pizza joint, um, you know, for, for kids and people of all ages, like why, why would you publicly be posting stuff like that? And furthermore, it's, it's really for me, it's the people who are connected to it and who would like the, the photos and then comment on them. Like Titus Frost has done some really great deep dives into the um, Instagram connections for Elephantus. I don't know if you've ever looked at any of his stuff. It's not perfect, but it's interesting. I would like to. I mean, that's what's so fascinating to me about this because, as you said, that is a highly inappropriate Instagram page, and it makes total sense why people would look at that and be like, wow, this is really creepy. The part that really kind of irks me is that there is obviously something weird in there. Like, and the Clinton Foundation and the money laundering and some of the foreign connections to money laundering and, and just that in general seemed to be the prevailing narrative about those leaks until Pizzagate hit. So part of me wonders, you know, what was there that was criminal that people have just totally ignored now because of Pizzagate? Because that's one of the big things that irks me here is that even though, yes, his Instagram page is creepy as hell, even though, yes, Hillary Clinton and Biden uh, had a role in murdering children, all the time in the Middle East. Like there's no, they, these are amoral people. 
But to say that that's, you can leap from there to saying that that is proof that they're running a child molestation ring, I think is where all these people lost the plot. And I think it's also just fascinating too, because most conspiracy theories throughout time, even Roswell, I mean, even a lot of UFO ones, like even Travis Walden, you know, seven people witnessed his mysterious abduction. This has no eyewitness accounts of molestation. This has no victims that have come forward. There is, at this moment, no proof of an actual crime having to do with child molestation with any of the people. Unless you want to make a stretch and say Anthony Weiner, you know, sexting the 15-year-old, what counts as that? I don't think that's in the same territory, but that's as close as it gets. And that's why I think that one point I mentioned on the podcast is so important that Eric Prince was trying to create all this connective tissue to make it seem like Anthony Weiner's sexting scandal was directly opening the door to some kind of proof of this child sex trafficking ring that involved Huma and Hillary. Um, and that's obviously not true. He's actually even the one who said that uh, Hillary went to Epstein Island and is on the flight logs too. I'm willing to believe that, but that came from him. That hasn't been proven yet. That, like, that all came from him directly. That, that came from Weiner? No, from Eric Prince. Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric Prince. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like Eric Prince and Dan Bongino saying we we have this. We know a guy who has is a witness to one of the flights to Bill Clinton disappearing with an underage girl uh, in a room and then appearing later on. But he's never named the source. Um, and yeah, and then that's that was going to be my next point, man. The whole Epstein thing. I mean, we've already got we have Ghislaine Maxwell in prison, who's who's you know arguably by a lot of researchers was even more prominent and more in charge of the whole thing than than Epstein was. And I think that's significant. Robert Maxwell's daughter. I mean, yeah, an, an, an Israeli spy's daughter. I mean, he was he was in the Mossad from the early '50s all the way up until until he was mysteriously killed, or died, or had a heart attack, or hit his head off the bow of the Lady Ghislaine. I don't know. Well, Christopher Walken and Robert yeah. Wagner were seen on a dinghy leaving his boat. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the doc. Hey, Robbie, we got the documents, folks. I got footage of this from an aerial drone from a UFO that they found at Roswell, and um, I showed it to Joe Rogan the other night. He freaked out. He, the, the elk meat fell out of out of his mouth. His mouth hit the floor. He couldn't believe it. Infowars.com. But um, I think I think it really does warrant a lot further investigation. And and I agree with what you said. To to make those leaps, it's not mm. it's not wise to do that because you you really. You poison the well when you're coming out with that information and you make a claim like that. And, and there, there, there is, there is nothing. I mean, like Ben Swan said in his Pizzagate video that he did, he's like, to date, there's no actual credible information or evidence of, of pedophilia. But I mean, everything that's going on there, man, with the, the smoke, there's fire. He showed all that smoke. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts, Robbie, on the boy lover symbol turning up in the sex stains video? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. You know, I, the the stuff in the Ben Swan stuff I didn't really haven't really looked into the, in regards to the bands because here's here's where I'm coming from on that I come from the music scene where a lot of people in the music scene dabble in very edgy weird sadistic sometimes perverted imagery and I don't mm -hmm. know if I could really comment on that because I'm I'm biased in the sense that I don't really glean much meaning off of like bands dabbling in edgy imagery unless there's something more to it than that so like. I guess that's all I really have to say on it because I don't know. I just want, I, I don't know the details, honestly. Yeah. Well, what, what, yeah. I mean, so that the Sex Stains is a band that played there and their music video has the, on a, on like a square, it has the boy lover symbol clearly. And then the FBI declassified what that symbol looks like. What's that? 
spiral pyramid with the blue. Exactly. Yep. It has that on that. And then Best of Pizza's logo, which was next door, uh, connected to Elephantis. Their logo had that swirl. Sure. And, and then, uh, you know, you start seeing it pop up. Now, now that you're aware of what that swirl is, the uh, show or the movie, The Mighty Ducks, one of the kids has it on his helmet. Um, it's in the, the first season of True Detective on the back of that girl who ha- did you watch True Detective? Yeah. So on the back of the girl who they have the antlers and she's tied to that tree, the swirl is on her back. So, th- well, that's that's one interesting thing too, because how who was the one who pulled up that FBI document around the same time as PizzaGate? Because hmm. I know that that wasn't that WikiLeaks. I don't think it was. I think I don't think WikiLeaks was the person who originally pulled it up. So I'm wondering, you know, how like is that symbol? Because I mean, yeah, I had never seen that symbol before, right. and that's another thing I try to avoid doing in just in the conspiracy scene in general is because, like the Google, the Gmail logo. Like now that I've been researching Masons again, let's just let me just go here for a second. <laughs> Everything looks like a Masonic logo. I mean, on a certain level. I mean, look at the Gmail logo. It's a straight up Masonic apron. It looks. It's like, oh wow, is this Masonic? I don't know. But I mean, like, I look everywhere now and I'm like, damn, that, you know, that thing looks exactly like a compass and a protractor. So, again, I don't, I don't know if I could comment on that specifically. And I'm a little, I just tend to be avoidant of, like, symb- like symbology stuff because I feel like, you know, it could be misconstrued sometimes. But sure, I mean, I mean, there are some weird, like, the best of pizza thing is actually probably one of the weirdest things about that is it's not even comma pizza. Like you just said, it's the next door pizza place right. had that spiral logo. And that's odd. And that, like, I would like to someone to figure out what the hell that was about. I mean, that is. And they changed it. The owner then changed it. Yeah, yeah. the owner changed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, they were getting a lot of hate and a lot of threatening phone calls, which I, I, you know, I don't agree with, obviously. It should have been investigated by the authorities, and supposedly it was. But, um, I mean, there's, there's a whole, there's a bunch of stuff with, with Pizzagate and different threads and different avenues that a lot of researchers went down. And, um, Obviously, Elephantis is up to something because you, you don't get named one of the top 50 most powerful people in D.C. and you're just a, you know, pizza business owner. There's something more going on. So what that is, you know, I don't, I don't want to speculate, but it's, it is yeah, interesting. And the coded language of the actual emails itself, you know, you left a handkerchief. It seems pizza related, a pizza related map and a handkerchief. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? You know, yes, the, the handkerchief thing. Um, I, I actually thought the weirdest thing. The, to me, the one the one that stands out to me the most is the email about the hot dog stand in Hawaii. For some reason, that one like weird enough to me. Where I'm like, how could they be literally talking about an actual hot dog stand in Hawaii? <laughs> like, yeah, that that was that one was strange. Yeah, dreaming of your hot dog stand in Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, there, one of the emails talks about Denny Hastert and the hot water that he got in because he was he was friends with the Podesta brothers for decades and they used to go on trips out to Japan and, and uh, you know, but do you think like Jason Burma says, do you think Denny Hastert stopped molesting children? The more powerful he got when he rose to become speaker of the house. And you know, the, the Podestas are like, Oh, he, he's going to, he's going to need to flee to another country. They, they weren't like talking about that. It's like horrible that he was outed as a pedophile there. They were saying, Oh, it's horrible for him that he got caught basically, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. There's, 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 you know, other researchers out there who've done a lot more detailed work into it, but I, I still, I still think there was something there, but like you said, it's, it's, 
it hasn't been proven, right? Well, so another part of the problem. I think that even if there is, let's say there is in theory some kind of actual child sex trafficking ring somewhere in DC involving high level politicians. The fact that sort of these Trump plants and surrogates like Roger Stone, Mike Cernovich, and all these shady characters that appear to just be appendages of like Trump's own team involve themselves to the degree that they had in Pizzagate, like from the very beginning, I think it kind of really poisoned the well of it. So even if there is something there, it makes it really, really difficult to actually find whatever's in there now as a result. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you can, I'm, I don't know if you've ever looked at the Franklin scandal, but you can go back and the, the, there was in fact a, uh, a ring that was being run through Washington, DC um, and it originated in Omaha, Nebraska with, you know, Larry King and uh, the Franklin uh, credit union that he was uh, involved in. And um, he was a high, it's interesting because it's both parties. It's, it, you know, Republicans want to just say it's just Democrats and Democrats just want to say, Oh, it's, it's Republicans, but Larry King was a, a fellow who sang the national anthem at the Republican National Convention in the 80s, and he was basically, um, you know, kidnapping these children from uh, Boys Town, which was a school in, in uh, Nebraska, and they were, they were according to the, the victims, and this, there's court documents and interviews, there's two great books on it, um, there's that documentary Conspiracy of Silence, which was supposed to air on the Discovery Channel and got yanked just before, um, that said they were trafficked to Washington, D.C., and one of the victims, his name is Paul Bonacci, and he actually went to the row house in D.C. and pointed out where it was and talked about all these high-level politicians who were, you know, coming and going, um, late-night trips to the White House when I believe Reagan or Bush uh, was president, and the guy who was kind of the D.C. armor that was a, a guy named Craig Spence who was very close to Bush Sr., and he ended up, you know, dead in a hotel sometime after that, after a lot of this information came out. So, I mean, that's, that one is a, is a true documented case of that happening, but you know, the, the, the waters definitely get muddy over time. Yeah. It's too bad that, uh, it, yeah, it's, that's the problem is the, the waters have gotten so muddy at this point. And that's part of what QAnon has done is it's sort of muddied the waters of not just this idea of that they're elite pedophile rings, but it's muddied the waters of debates about the deep state. It's muddied the waters of almost every aspect of the conspiracy movement now. Yeah. Pretty wild because both you guys know, you know, whether you agree with it or not, Alex Jones had an incredible influence over the conspiracy movement. He sort of steered it for a while. He was like the captain of the ship. Now it's QAnon and QAnon has you know, if you, if, even if you don't think Alex Jones did damage, QAnon has so much influence now that it's basically eclipsed Alex Jones and it's now taking over that role of steering the conspiracy movement in whatever direction it wants to. Absolutely. No, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, he was, Alex Jones was huge in, in getting people to look at whether it was nine 11 or, you know, uh, Waco or Oklahoma city or, you know, events that happened in the nineties or the early aughts and whatnot. And, um, yeah, Q is like taking on a life of its own, man. And it's, it's, it's hard to keep up on the, everything that, that, that morphs out of it. Cause it's like, well, is this actually part of the like official, uh, conspiracy theory for, it, or is this someone that something that someone peppered into it, who, who's not even pretending to be Q it's like, it, it's mind boggling. It's really, it, it's, it's really just kind of like a, a make-believe choose your, choose your own adventure, uh, LARP in a lot of ways. And, and I yeah. think people really want to believe it. They, they, um, 
you know, they want to believe that there's just this group that can be opposed and they can be taken out swiftly when in reality, the world is a lot more complicated than that. And there's, there's just as many pictures, there's more pictures of Trump with Epstein and Glenn Maxwell than there are of the Clintons. That's, you know, not to say that there aren't photos of them with the Clintons, but you know, it has to be acknowledged that Trump was in just as deep with, with, with uh, Epstein as the Clintons because um, it just came out last week that um, Epstein was officially a, a club member of Mar-a-Lago when Trump had denied it. But um, it's been it's been confirmed in a book that's just come out. So I think there's going to be a lot more stuff that's going to come out with the Epstein deal. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out after the election. And did you hear Robbie um, Maria Farmer who lived on West, Les Wexner's property there in Ohio. She remembers being in New York City with Ghislaine Maxwell and she was, Ghislaine was actually very good friends with Ivana Trump, Donald's first wife, and um, said that they would, they would go out and, uh, you know, procure young girls together in a limousine. I heard that from Whitney Webb. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting nugget. Yeah. I mean, one of the things Tim Dillon uh, has said about the QAnon that I think is really a really good point is like, if Trump was really waging this war against some kind of elite global pedophile network, the deep state or whatever you think it's connected to, he would not be able to stop talking about it. I mean, mm. so like all he knows to do, I mean, like even when he talks about the deep state, you could tell he's just has this really vague, sort of concept of it and it's almost like it sounds like to me that he's just sort of going by what other people say about it that he reads like about the deep state i don't even think i mean i would be curious to see what he actually like said about it at length but i get the impression that sometimes he's just not even even paying attention to some of these conspiracies he just lets people do sort of the heavy lifting for him you know like stone and all these other people he goes off the cuff a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see him have Peter Dale Scott come and visit the white house and teach him a thing or two about the deep state. You know, I'm pretty sure he has been using that phrase since the seventies or eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Dale Scott. I would love to hear what he has to say about it. I mean, I know that he's, he obviously doesn't fully embrace the Trump's use of it, but I mean, it's been completely weaponized as a partisan thing now. It's mm-hmm. just democratic establishment. It's like, and it's still super weird because, like, I don't know if you read this article today from The Intercept, but it says that he now just ch- takes questions from, like, Epoch Times people, OAN News people, and Gateway Pundit people at his press conferences. Yeah. And they're just plants, basically. Like, <laughs> Epoch Times bought the, uh, the more of tr- Trump ads on Facebook than even his own campaign did. It's just, it's su- super weird, but. You know. Isn't there money from China ultimately? Aren't they owned? Aren't they owned by a Chinese company? No, they're um, they're partially subsidized by our tax dollars because we, the State Department and CIA fund Falun Gong. The Falun Gong. Falun Gong, yeah. Sun Yen show. I don't know if you guys see those billboards where you're out, where you live, but out here in the Bay Area, there's like a Shun Yen show performance, like billboard advertising campaign, like every six months. It's like blasted all over the place. And that's also Fallen Gong. It's like a dance show thing that mm-hmm. they really Yeah, I didn't know. I, I didn't even know what Fallen Gong was. And actually, uh, Adam Green from No More News did a whole great video about them in Epic Time. E- e- Epoch Times, is that how you pronounce it? Epoch, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. O C H. So I think it's Epic. 
I don't know. Yeah, um, and how how basically they're just they're just an arm of um, you know, uh, propaganda, just pro Trump, um, propaganda. Well, it's even more pro Trump than Fox News, which is strange because you know Fox uh, Trump is not even pleased with Fox News anymore. These outlets are like completely loyal, you know, without any exception. Uh, like turning all, point. And they're connected to like these neocon think tanks now, like Gateway Pundit, for example just quoted in his recent article praising this UAE-Israel deal, he quoted a made-up fictional MEK guy. He quoted this guy that's like basically just used in, in arguments about pro-Iranian regime change arguments. He's a made-up MEK personality, um, that, which is a cult, if your listeners aren't aware of what MEK is. It's a He's cult. A John Bolton sock puppet. Yeah, they work with Israel. They work with the U.S. to like you know meddle in Iranians' government all the time. Right. Yeah, and Bolton was a huge. Didn't he speak before their group? And he's like a you know he's a big he's a big promoter, proponent of those guys. So is Giuliani. So is Pompeo. So is um, Gingrich. Yeah. God, it's all it's always all the same goofballs, man. You know they just <laughs> they just never go away, man. They just they 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 stick they stick like barnacles, and, and they they keep rearing their head and, and it's just amazing seeing Rudy Giuliani his last act being a strip mall lawyer for Donald Trump it's it's uh it's unbelievable my my buddy dug up some great footage of me introducing Rudy Giuliani in 2006 here in New Hampshire at a first in the nation uh, protect our primary summit that we were a part of and I'm up there with a microphone shaking Rudy's hand for like 18 seconds. And it's just wow. so ridiculous. So I, I posted that on my Instagram and I wrote the origins of QAnon. <laughs> nice. Have you seen that? Do you, do you guys ever interview Anthony Schaefer or like hang out with him? I've talked to him, um, you know, privately in Facebook over the years, but uh, we've never had him on. But he's I know he's become he's, quite a he is loyal to the king. Yeah. Not just loyal to the king. Well, it's interesting is he was the first confirmation that I got. He was actually what convinced me that QAnon might actually be part of some kind of Trump team thing, that it's, clo that it's close to Trump's circle. Because this guy who runs Black Tower Radio, Jake Fox, um, him and, and Anthony Schaefer would email back and forth sometimes. And Jake was already convinced that QAnon was close to the Trump administration. And I wasn't. So he's like, why don't we ask Anthony Schaefer, he's former military intelligence, you know, what, is, what does he think about QAnon? Because QAnon's claiming it's military intelligence. Right. Anthony Schaefer's answer was basically, he thinks it's doing more good than harm. He thinks it's legit. And he encourages it. And, we, and I was just like blown away by that answer because it was the first like actual government official to go on record commenting on it. And I was like, that's kind of scary and makes me think that this isn't just a full on LARP even though definitely parts of it are a LARP. Right. It might actually be really connected somehow to military intelligence or Trump's actual people somehow. Well, I mean, Mike Flynn is all over it. His son's all over it. You know, the people in the Flynn, they, they so he gives that, I guess if you want to call what he has credibility in the same way Schaefer does is having come from that world, um, um, you know, redoing his little oath there on the 4th of July and retweeting all the, all the Q stuff. It's uh it's unbelievable, man. It really, it really is unbelievable. So it's, it's just a, it's just a big bucket of mush. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to sift through and uh, know what to think about a lot of it, but it does has captured a lot of people's imagination and um, they got 78 days until the election. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with this election? I mean, I, I, I'm telling people that don't ever, I mean, the polls are polls, but 
Trump still has a lot of support, man. And, and there's a lot of people who support Trump and they never publicly talk about it and they quietly vote for him. So what do you, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I think, I mean, I think Trump's probably going to win. He's going to win. Um, even if his polls are looking bad now, his campaign played things so dirty last time. I, I think people are still trying to examine exactly what happened. I mean, that's even what, they made some of this mainstream media coverage of QAnon to me is almost just like, it's like forensic investigations on exactly how this all happened in the first place. Like going back into Pizzagate, going back into the WikiLeaks dumps. So I think he's got something up his sleeve. His campaign probably does even Q probably does. So I think it's, it's not looking good for the Democrats and I, who knows, maybe the Democrats don't even want to win this time. I mean, the campaign is, awful like what is it just who is even advising biden it's it doesn't even make sense chris dodd (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah i mean i'm with you on that robbie i don't it doesn't even seem like the democrats even want to win this thing man i mean the the ticket of uh biden and harris is just so just pedestrian and not giving anything to progressives people who were bernie people people who were supporters of yang marion williamson uh tulsi people like we're not they're not giving us anything seemingly so a lot of people are, are not are going to either stay home or i know a lot of people who are just kind of as a middle finger are going to vote for trump well i think that it's been very apparent for many years that the democratic party wants to totally freeze out actual left like progressive people i mean that's it's just the, the, it's completely the opposite of the republican party which has allowed everything from Obama's, a, you know, gay, Michelle's a man to QAnon conspiracies into their actual party. I mean, this Marjorie Taylor Greene candidate just won the runoff election. She's an open QAnon supporter. She's actually probably going to win a Republican House seat. It's wild. It's um, incredible. But uh, I keep going back to Q. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to... You, you see, we're talking about the election. Um, oh, but, well, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's related. I mean... The, no, the, it's great. I think, I think Harris, though... One strategic thing that I think also Tim Dillon pointed out, and I agree with him on this, is that um, Harris seems to be one of the people that Biden could choose that the Republicans can't necessarily add any additional ammunition to go after Biden with. It's like there's not really anything about her that's easy to go after for the Republicans. It's more that the left hates Kamala Harris. And for all the reasons the left hates her, it won't matter to the Republicans, essentially, that she's a prof- former prosecutor, you know, that she put a bunch of black people in jail. That kind of thing doesn't matter to Republicans. Um, they, they want more of that. So uh, it's, it's so I think in that regard, it's strategically smart. But I mean, yeah, I don't I just do not see Biden getting anything over on Trump. I just it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I think he, if there's a debate between the two, which I don't even see happening at this point, I just can't see Biden coming out ahead at all. I think he's going to get absolutely destroyed on the debate stage. Yeah, I mean, I hope it happens just for the entertainment. And yeah. so I, I, can, I can mine it for material. And it's just, you know, seeing the two of them up there. I mean, that's when Trump's his best, man. He's in beast gladiator mode when he's just up there shooting from the hip. You know, we got Joe Biden up here. He's basically a corpse. Okay, he's corpse bride. Corpse Bride Biden, they got to wheel him in here, and Kamala just gave him some steroids up his ass, and now he's going to give a performance, and it's going to be a disaster, quite frankly, for the Democrats. <laughs> uh, you know, we know when Trump showed up to those debates with Hillary, those were some of the most entertaining and epic 
and over-the-top ridiculous uh, things to ever happen in American electoral politics. And, uh, you know, Trump wasn't prepared at all, man. He was just blowing hot gas. But uh, he, had some, he had some great moments, man, and some, some uh, one-liners and some knockouts of Hillary that just the, the best one, you know, is just, it's just so good. Someone like Donald Trump's not in charge of law enforcement in our country. And Trump's like, yeah, because you'd be in jail. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And that's so fun too, to think that it is really, Robbie. He dragged out that carrot on a stick. <laughs> Hillary was going to go to jail. I mean, can you imagine if Obama um, at, at the, during the 2008 election said he was going to put like the Bush administration in jail, like how excited <sighs> be incredible he kind of i mean he did kind of float that's what i think that trump in some ways people don't see him being at all like obama but i think he i actually do think there's some odd similarities between the two of them i think that the north korea diplomacy thing the way that trump wanted the pr to just all go in his favor for that without the actual like hard work leg work going reminded me a lot of obama and like the cuba stuff and the even the Iranian deal, like the fact that that could just fall apart when Trump gets in office and the next president could reverse that. It just sort of shows that Obama and Trump wanted this sort of legacy set up for themselves as these peacemaker, dealmaker people without actually putting in the legwork and like the, you know, the experience points necessary. Oh, he, put, he put out a tweet, invited Rocketman to the DMZ and showed up. It was, it was incredible. There's a, there's a great meme of um, Trump kind of looking, you know, he does that look where he looks like the Grinch. He's like... <laughs> and he's looking at rocket man and like rocket man's like explaining something and it says um me ordering mcdonald's for the first time and then under trump it says my father <laughs> oh seven-year-old me ordering mcdonald's for the first time yeah yeah and trump's the proud he the proud doting father watching his little son order a big mac you know it's incredible um i mean look at the, the iran nuclear deal robbie 100 they gave him 150 billion dollars for nothing and 1.1 billion of it was cash it was in cash I love when he says. I love when he says cash. Pallets of ca- a whole entire warehouse full of cash. <laughs> get, get, Dutch, that ends and it ends now. Believe me. Oh, I love incredible. it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so interesting to think how all of that, you know, whatever progress that was, has just been all destroyed. That was probably literally the only good thing Obama put in place as president. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That and when he when he Cuba uh, pardoned Chelsea Manning. Yeah, it was great to see things with Cuba. At least opening up. The only thing stopping war with Iran right now, I think, is China. It's like our focus and crazy, this intense, you know, pivot towards China that the, his administration is doing. Otherwise, you know, I'd be really concerned that would have been a war by now, honestly. Yeah. So you, you don't uh, buy that crap that uh, Tucker Carlson and Rand Paul got in Trump's ear about not attacking Iran. I mean, I, you've done great stuff about Tucker, Carl- Tucker Carlson's father is like a CIA guy, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe it's true that they got in his ear. Um, if that's true, then that's still really weird that 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 we were one Tucker Carlson and Rand Paul conversation <laughs> away from World War Three. <laughs> and and you got Lindsey Graham knocking on the door. Come on, Donald, I know you want to go there and destroy some more brown people. It just makes my nipples so hard. <laughs> it's so so the whole so either way, if it's true or not, it still disturbs me. And you know, I mean, if I was Trump, I mean, I wouldn't want to have to on my legacy to be to start a whole new war with ground troops. I mean, I think at this point it is politically kind of untenable to launch a new war with ground troops. It, it's it, it's going to get a lot of pushback. So yeah. 
Trump just happens to be in there at that time where running on anti the Iraq war was very trendy. You know, I mean, like he took advantage of that. And uh, I think that was very smart for him to do as well. That's why I don't think that he is really like genuinely anti-war. It's more like he's just very savvy, you know, about what to say. And he knows people don't like war. I mean, who likes war? Nobody does. <laughs> John Bolton. The New York yeah. Times. Republicans for Biden. They like war. Robert Kagan. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, Robbie. No one likes war. And, and Trump is, uh, he's brilliant with the messaging, man. I mean, all I've watched uh, recently, a lot of his old interviews on Howard Stern. And he was on there leading up to Iraq. And look, I, I've come out very tough against the war. I think it's stupid. You know, the Bush tax cuts are great for business people like me. They'll be great for working Americans. But I think Iraq is stupid. They're not thinking it through, Howard. And like, you know, you can you can mine that quote and the Trump people have used it to uh, show he was the great dove when crooked Hillary was, you know, cooking up the Iraq war with uh, Biden and company. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you probably even remember when 9-11 truthers tried to cherry pick things that he said about 9-11 and to make mm -hmm. it as a secret truth. Yeah. He was like, the World Trade Center came down during your brother's reign, Jeb. That's not safe. You know? <laughs> And then he was up there. He's like, we're going to find out, Robbie, that Saudi Arabia was involved a lot more in 9-11 than people even realize. OK, that's going to come out. And then he gets in the office and this goofball does the biggest arms deal with Saudi Arabia ever. <laughs> yeah. And that whole Saudi uh, embassy murder oh. thing is really bizarre. I mean, that Should whole be. is is a very fascinating uh, part of his administration. I don't really I still don't honestly know what to make of that situation. Well, I know uh, MBS, AK. We call him MBS, Robbie, but I call him Muhammad Bonesaw. Okay, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. I know uh, MBS and uh, little uh, soy boy Jared Kushner are really good friends. Yeah, allegedly they are. Yeah, they text each other and and they they fucking ran cover for MBS to do that. They don't give a shit, you know. But look, I believe him. I think that maybe he walked into the embassy and there was an errant bone saw in the hallway and he tripped on a banana peel. That's what MBS told me, Robbie. I believe him. Okay, next question. <laughs> you know, Wasn't Khashoggi, wasn't his uncle Ad, Adnan Khashoggi the infamous arms dealer? Yeah. So that's, weird. that's what's, <laughs> part of what's weird about it is uh, he was also then, you know, his son became a... Um, a journalist you know for the washington post while also like himself working for intelligence at different points too it's it's a strange rabbit oh. hole. Um, yeah well that that relationship as you know man is is uh, is a clusterfuck navigating saudi arabia and you know giving him the wink for genocide in yemen and selling him billions in weapons and uh you know it all but being proven that uh, the royal people within the royal family are connected to bandar bush funded some of the hijackers I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still friendly with a lot of 9-11 families. And um, we actually had one of them, a guy named Tim Froelich, came up to New Hampshire when I was up here campaigning for Tulsi. And he spoke um, the day that we got her on the ballot in New Hampshire. And he spoke about his fight in the lawsuit and trying to get anything out about Saudi Arabia. Um, and this guy has done his homework and he's a survivor. He was in the, uh, I, think he, I think he was in the South Tower and he survived the South Tower. And um, he met with Trump. He met with Trump at the White House on the anniversary and uh, Trump claimed he was going to help the families. He told Tim personally, like, we're going to help you guys. And he didn't do shit, turned his back on him. And um, nothing's been done about that. It's just a lot of lip service, you know. And then obviously the anniversary comes around every year. Everyone says never forget. And they, you know, 
we remember everyone and mourn the dead. And then, you know, September 12th, we don't think about it or care about it anymore for another year. Obviously people like us, we do because we've been looking into it for so long and are just so incensed by all the fallout from nine 11 and the justification that's been used and the, the mileage they've gotten out of that day. Um, that's just led to death and destruction and mayhem in the middle East and other parts of the world. So, um, yeah, and it's the same thing with the Kennedy files. I mean, look, we're at long last, we're going to get out the Kennedy files and release them. And then he got someone from Langley, paid him a visit. I don't know who it was. It was Pompeo or somebody. And uh, the files got, uh, they got put on ice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate because I think, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think that what QAnon and Pizzagate have done is we have gone into this era where there are a lot of people who can find things on the internet now who are really good at like searching, you know, sleuths who can, who can track down documents and all the energy is being devoted to these things that are probably largely untrue. These, these narratives where we know that there's all these aspects of just nine 11 itself that haven't been fully explored. People haven't turned over every stone. I mean, like, I was just talking to somebody the other day about just the elevator shafts themselves. It's like, who were the, all the companies that worked on those? Like, who are the people's names? Like, you know, all these things should be like fully mapped out by now, but all the energy in the conspiracy movement is being devoted to just these wild, you know, deep state pedophile conspiracies and not events that we know for sure where thousands of people died like nine 11 or, the JFK assassination where a president was murdered. I mean, that's uh, so I used to have more hope that maybe, you know, the more, the bigger the internet got, the more energy they'd be devoted to things like this. But I don't know, man, it, it does feel like where people are really being led astray into some, let's just say wasteful areas. And I don't want to sound like that old Noam Chomsky quote where he says, uh, nine 11 truth is taking vast energies away from the left. But I kind of do agree that, QAnon is taking vast energies away from the conspiracy and movement and the skeptical minded populace in general. So that's a great point, Robbie. I, 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 I do agree with that. Um, you know, and, and uh, there was a, an FBI dumped on Twitter, like within the last month, a bunch of stuff about the finders cult um, from the eighties, which was a, uh, which was a whole ring that was trafficking children. They just quietly released a, a bunch of documents and information about that. And um that, that just flew right under the radar because mainstream media, whether it's like the Atlantic and, and they've done some, you know, some good work on the, on the Q, um, you know, QAnon deal um, or other publications. That's all they're talking about. Daily Beast, Rolling Stone, Atlantic, um, all of them, CNN, you name it. They're just focusing on the, the really uh, broader and, and kind of crazier sounding aspects of Q. And that, that takes away from, real information that's actually coming out, whether it's about Epstein or a, a lot of it's distracting at Epstein. And, and, and it, fortunately it is still a big story because of Maxwell's arrest, but I think it's kind of, it's sucking a lot of the oxygen away from that. Like, especially like that Mayfair bullshit that came out some weeks back about the desks yeah. or, or bureaus, whatever the hell it was closets with that. They said they had, you know, kids in them and it's ridiculous, you know, and was, then that Snopes puts it up and that becomes the whole story. And it just discredits all the good information and it, it's too bad because you got to sift through so much shit. People don't even know what's real or what to believe. Yeah. And I think that whole thing sprung out of the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell like knew or was connected to like the company people in that company Wayfair. 
So like that's that's how the, and, and you know, but by the time that it turned into that Wayfair conspiracy, just a snowball that totally makes people not look at the actual details of the of the Maxwell case. Um, and uh, as we know, it connects to Trump. I mean, that's what's so fascinating is a lot of the a lot of this stuff does connect to Trump. The Epstein Maxwell thing connects to the Clintons and the Trump family and a whole bunch of other people. You know, it's a it seems bipartisan. Although there is sort of a Hollywood, you know, aspect to it too. But oh yeah, through Harvey Weinstein and and um, yeah, several people who are in the black book. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess this might be my own theory, but I think probably the Trumps and the Clintons all have dirt on each other. And that's why none of them are going to go down because if one of them goes down, they all are. So I think when you get, yeah, for sure. When you get to that level, man, to, 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 to be in that club, like George Carlin calls it the big club, you got to really have some shit on your shoes. So (laughs) it's unsavory stuff. And then we got the virus going on, which we, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we didn't really spend a lot of time, any time talking on because that's been, I mean, that's, you know, so I don't know, 2020, it's, it's someone posted a meme. It's basically just a, uh, um, a, a dumpster fire scented candle. And it was a little dumpster that had a fire and it was a candle. <laughs> that's 2020 in a nutshell so far. And I think with the election coming up in the next few months, man, it's going to get crazier and wilder. And we're, we're going to be taking on, on turns that uh, you can't even, you can't even fathom, especially come October. So. So we uh, we appreciate you coming on, Robbie. Uh, where can people find your work? Um, well, they can uh, check out the podcast that I do uh, about four times a month uh, called Media Roots Radio. Uh, usually I do it with my sister, Abby Martin, but she's on break right now. Um, so I'm doing it by myself for a little bit. Uh, and, and you could get that on any podcast platform like iTunes, um, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, I also have a three-part documentary series that I did about the neoconservatives um, that's available streaming online. You can get that at a, a very heavy agenda.com. Excellent. And congratulations uh, to you on, on being an uncle and, and to Abby and Mike for the birth of their child. That's, that's great. It's awesome. It feels, it feels crazy to be an uncle. I have a nephew now. <laughs> that's uncle, wild. Uncle Robbie. He's everybody's favorite uncle. Yeah, I actually just picked, speaking of uncles, I just picked up uh, Mary Trump's book about her uncle, um, yeah. uh, the psychologist there who wrote the book about the king, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading that, man, because obviously there's an agenda, but someone writes a, a book about their uncle, there's going to be some, some shit in there, some juicy tidbits, and uh, it's going to be very interesting, so yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on, and um, I, I wonder, I mean, I guess while we're leaving, I wanted to ask you about Beirut. I mean, what are your thoughts on that quickly? Like, I mean, do you think that was this an accident or what the hell was that? I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly haven't made up my mind on it yet. Like I've just sort of my, my whole approach to this stuff over the years has been to not rush to judgment. Um, it definitely could be some kind of deliberate attack made to look like an accident. I mean, that's possible still. Um, but I think it's too early for me to, to tell. Um, I remember I was at a 9-11 Truth Film Festival a couple of years back and somebody was selling a book all about how the Orlando nightclub shooting was a false flag attack like two or three months after it happened. And I remember, I remember after seeing that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to ever be caught in a situation where 
I am saying something is fake or a false flag <laughs> unless right. real unless I have evidence where I'm like, okay, I'm really feel really comfortable. So yeah, I don't know. I, the verdict is still out for me on that one. Yeah. Well, that's called being responsible, man. And that's one of the things about Twitter that it just makes it so toxic is people just pile it on right away, man. And they're experts and they're, they know everything without knowing anything, you know? So well, it's, it's clickbait. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, you get the, you get the most clicks and views if you're the first one to come out and say something's a conspiracy too. So. Right. Mike, have you done uh, your Fetzer impression for Robbie? I don't I don't think that I have. <laughs> no, Dr. Robbie. Uh, yes, Eric. Yes. What are you up to now these days, Fetzer? Dr. Fetzer. Well, if you go to veteranstoday.org uh, uh, slash dot co, we've done some fantastic work uh, on the Paul is dead theory, which I, which is, is, is amazing. And I, I implore you to look at it. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done Fetzer in a while, dude. That was a, that was a curveball, man. That's great. Well, it's very clearly obvious there was some kind of hologram at the Pentagon. I mean, the Pentagon, a lot of people say didn't even exist that day on the 11th of September, 2001. <laughs> oh, we'll have to do another episode, maybe a 9-11 a themed one. We'll get closer to the uh, anniversary. Play, and... You just play all different characters. You two. Yeah, we, could, we could do an impression jamboree. Yeah. We could, we could bring... Yeah, we could bring in Governor Jesse Ventura, Robbie, to talk about the two parties being gangs, <laughs> Crips and Rebloodlikens. I'm, I was a citizen governor. I did one term, and then I said, I'm going back to my horse farm. I'll do one term. It's the people's mansion. I turned the governor's mansion into a wrestling ring and had Vince McMahon in there and Macho Man Randy Savage. But I went back to my horse farm, Robbie, because I'm a citizen legislator and a governor. <laughs> okay cool, all right man. guys yeah well th yeah thanks for joining us ravi and uh for having me everyone check out Robbie martin's stuff he's done amazing work and uh we appreciate you watching and you can subscribe to our channel here on jackman radio and if you want to help us out on patreon we're at patreon.com slash jackman radio on all your favorite social media platforms so give us a like give us a subscribe and uh say hi so take care everybody cheers <laughs> <laughs>